This is Sinister Sunrise. I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. I'm Morgan. <laughs> Wes, take all the beginning out when we're deciding to play. Please. Yep. I, she gets so sneaky. For a second, I didn't catch it, and I was like, okay, cool, I'm following. No. Erin. Sorry, sorry. Well, while, Morgan, you're deciding, you can take your time, by the way. Who watched Too Hot to Handle, season I two? Ah! I haven't finished it. Oh, you haven't finished I'm it? I'm ashamed of myself, no. but I did start it. Okay. It's such a hoot. Well, let me know when you have finished it. It's because worse it was than a last hoot. year. Oh, it I'm is. I'm so happy about it. I loved, are you going to watch it, Morgan? Yes, but you can, I'll forget it. Say I'm just going to say episode one. That's where I'm That's at. That's fine. Mm-hmm. So after tonight, look alive. I'm just going to pack for a little vacation, watch Too Hot to Handle. Um, episode mm-hmm. one. So they, I didn't realize if they did this last season or not, but they did like a real swap on these people. So, like, they think they're there for, like, a no, hands down, we want you to just bang everyone, bang They think it's, like, the real world. Yes. Yes. Like, they're on this real new show, whatever the heck it was called. And they even brought out a fake host. And they had a fake name for it. Yeah. Could you imagine if um, they were, like, like, hi, we're producers from Hulu. And it's, like, really throw them off. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, they thought they're on, like, a Netflix version of real world. But, like, turn the heat up. Caliente. And then they then they double turned. So they let them do like the whole day, and you can tell these people are like, "This is my time," because everyone's watching. They off. let them make out with anybody the first. Yeah, day. people were. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. They're they pick beds and they start pairing off in beds, and it's all in one room. And then like yeah, because that was it last season too. They're all in like our so big we just together. Here, bang bang bangity bang is it yep, the whole yep, time? Yep. Okay, so they're like this. I'm gonna break my own pound stack, and then. They have them do this really weird costume thing. Party, yeah, some weird. I don't know. They put the hottest girl in a not that I'm judging, but the girl that everyone was like, oh my god, she's my 10 out of 10. They put her in this weird unicorn thing. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, they did like this slow mo body shot, like her feet up to her head, and it's like going up. You're like, oh my god, like she looks great. And then, like, what did they put on her was face? Was it supposed to be silly? I don't know. Oh. Probably, I'm sure. Like, look <laughs> at these. People just dancing around in yeah. random costumes. I'm sure it was supposed to be silly too. It's oh well, yeah, it's got to be a little bit. There's only ten people on this beach, and you're all in these weird ass costumes dancing yeah. around a fire. Maybe it was like up there, like one little give back. Like here's the last image you have of them before we cut you off. Yeah, because well, everyone else looked really good. Hers just well, her and then there was a and that's night one. Sorry, yeah, night one. So they're getting nice and drunk by a bonfire, dressed like fools. Yeah. And then the host comes out and he's like, oh, by the way, oh, no. <laughs> you're on too hot to handle. Well, they did the little microphone thing. And one of the guys like, oh, my God, is that too hot to handle? Yeah. Because uh, they know it at that yeah. point. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Because I kept like Lana hidden. Yes. And then she literally arose out of this thing. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Yeah. I love the shows are big enough now. People on the show start to recognize like. Yeah. So they have to do. You know, other things to make it seem like they're not on that yeah. show. Like in the circle, one of them knew who Chloe was, and she's like, "Yeah, is this real? Is this real? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool." Yep. But I'm wondering how they're going to keep on doing that. Like, how do they get people for the show then? Like, do they just really like? Do they go and DM people? Like, do you want to join the show, or do they have this big fake sign up thing? Like, here is our new show we're doing. Like, how do they get people to sign up for it? Actually, legally, can you do that? Oh, I don't I know. It. I got it. So it's probably in the future. What if like, they change it every season? So then season three, they'll be like, hi, you're on Too Hot to Handle. The cutoff for making out and doing the bang bang is a random time, like in the next coming week. 
So it like gives them time to like form bonds and then they get cut off. That'd be interesting. People who want to sign up that are still hot and stupid and want to sign up for it yeah. <laughs> to see if they can handle mm-hmm. not banging each other. I don't know. That seems <laughs> for like a intellectual. Like, over True. the time I've started reading. <laughs> <laughs> it took me three days to find that Ricky was the one. <laughs> Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I think it's time for our game and I have decided okay. that mm-hmm. dramatic pause. <laughs> I can't do it. The tongue roll. Oh, there it is. There we go. That sucks. My favorite Christmas movie is Christmas Vacation. And I have everyone out front like, do the drum roll. I just have to. (laughs) You and Wes are the worst at that. Oh, yes. It will be the 21 situation. Okay. Okay. That way it doesn't matter. Yeah. Cool. Okay. All right. So come back. God! <laughs> I was waiting for you guys to see it. I mean, How could you? Okay, I'm pretty sure. Hey, listeners this... wrote in and said, the love of God, spare food or air. He's still in the wall somewhere, trust me. He I did hope. not escape. <laughs> now he's on a Rambo mission. Yeah. You put him to this. You... Oh, trust me. I've seen little webs come up like on the outside, too. Of the windows, but I've taken them oh, down I'm each sorry. time. It's just infant spiders trying to survive. Not that big ass spider we saw. He's not an infant. Do you like playing God, Aaron? <laughs> sure. Scooter made a home. It wasn't even a condo. He had it wasn't a wooden even a sign pro- up. Yeah, it wasn't even Live an apartment. Off. That was a four bedroom, three bedroom house. Oh, four yeah. bedroom, three bathroom house. <laughs> mm-hmm. Lots of bedrooms, I heard. Yeah. <laughs> 17 million bedrooms. <laughs> bedroom for each leg. For us. <laughs> you swept out from under them. I'm so sorry. Ooh, yeah. double pun. Okay. Yeah. Don't well, call me pun money for nothing. We just played our game, came back to the table, and Scooter and his home are gone. I don't um, even care about the game anymore. <laughs> listeners, tell us how you feel. Are you team Sarah and Morgan, or are you team Aaron for the Scooter? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Obviously, and we do accept hate mail. <laughs> two-thirds of us care. <clears throat> so... Anyway, it's like about this game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, we lost a dear friend today, Sarah, but we'll Do you try. want to do a moment of silence? Yeah. All right. You're not part of this moment, Erin. <laughs> she finally wants to reflect on her. Dear Scooter. <laughs> <laughs> we are blessed to have known you. Blessed to have been part of your life. Thank you, Scooter, for all the laughs, all the love. <laughs> Rest in peace, my home slice. No one can see the gestures we are getting. All right, baby spoon. I'm just sipping my wine. So Woo! okay. Anyways, R.I.P. Scooter. Yes. He'll, he'll maybe he'll be back. Oh, he'll be back and he'll be better than with ever. his army. Oh, what if there's a Scooter army, Aaron? You you done fucked up now, A.A. Wrong. I'm spraying soon, so hopefully they do not come. Oh my god. To hear that Scooter. Yeah. Double homicide. Yes. Scooter, where you at? I'll put you in a cup. Take you home. <laughs> You can live in my neighbor's yard because you do kind of scare me a little bit. <laughs> True transparency. Um, anyway, the game is called Bounce Battle. Uh, I played it when I was in Colorado with my family. And it's basically like these pegs on a board. And you have to bounce ping pong balls in between them. But it's different games. So they have like, we just played 21. So the first row is one point, two point, three point as you go up. They also have um, one called like great wall so it's two different colored ping pong balls there's white ones and there's orange ones 
and the first person to make a solid wall on their side of the little pegboard wins. Oh. Very cool. Maybe we'll post a little pic. Yeah. It's a pretty fun party game, something a little different than cards. So, yeah, it can make you sweat. And if you, you want are, a nice little workout. And if you are sweaty, head on over to zerosweat.com. Ooh. Use promo code SINISTER at checkout for two. 20% off of $15 purchase or more. Numbers are hard. Yeah, please Did try you get that listeners? <laughs> <laughs> we only accept burbers. <laughs> you can take your dollars. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, Code Sinister at checkout. <laughs> Moving on. So Aaron knows the scores because we timed ourselves to see how long it took us to get to the score of 21. Yes, yes. And we don't know. I was the last one to go, and we don't know the final scores. I'm feeling <laughs> mine's like five minutes, so. Oh, no. Whatever it is, I'm just going to keep adding seconds on for Aaron's. I'm <laughs> you well, want to play a secret no. game? I'm, I'm already CIA. saying I'm last. I'm going backwards, baby. Right. So I'm last, yes, with two what? minutes and six seconds with... One brain don't forget. Yeah. With one minute and 57 seconds is Sarah, who will be second. And then with one minute and 42-ish seconds. No <laughs> way. Yeah. I, I straight thought I was doing that for three minutes. No, you went like the fastest. Time. It does feel like a very long time. Like, I was surprised when you said I took two minutes and I was like, could have been longer. <laughs> I swore Not gonna that lie. was five minutes. Swore thought. Swore thought that was five minutes. Damn. It would work if you said, I swore thought that was five <laughs> minutes. Oh, there's a fly in here. <laughs> sure there is, is Mama. Sure you know why you is. again? Why I need maybe, to spray? Maybe mm. you wouldn't have a fly if Scooter was in his home. I heard he was Lord of the Flies. Mm. Well, <laughs> Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, it actually might be a good thing I'm going first because mine, my my content for you isn't scary, but just in general, it's probably good I go first. <laughs> Because we're ready today for episode 75, I am covering the Ouija board demon. Sarah, I think you'll get a little more excited if you don't already know. Um, I don't because I thought it was Beel and it was above. Okay, I didn't know if I'm gonna say it or not, yeah, but it wasn't. I was wrong. Oh, Mm -hmm. so I have basically written my script here, so bear with me. I'm going to lead this episode slash topic with a warning while I am a firm believer. She knew she was going to go first. I said episode slash topic. I did. I wrote it. I wrote episode and then I was like, wait, no, I may not go first. Hmm. No, I'm, are we about to get Aaron's Ouija board out? No. Oh, you said a warning to people. And I was like, oh my God, (laughs) I didn't do anything to prepare. I did shower. That could count. Cleanse myself, body and soul. I mean, I'm down anytime. For a Ouija board if I'm with people who actually also are truly down for it and will mimic spirits <clears throat> Zachary see I don't think I can do it with him in the house <laughs> maybe when we go to the Velisca X murder house Woo! yeah words went <clears throat> okay so <clears throat> okay I'm calm down <laughs> starting it off with a warning while I am a firm believer that if you keep a positive this bug. I know. Positive, I'm so sorry. It's okay. This po- uh, if you keep a positive energy and confirm your belief in feeling protected, then you will be fine. But others say that anytime they're listening to topics about this or that this demon is brought up, it brings a very bad energy. So with that, if you want to skip my part, that is completely fine. And if not, you had your warning. <laughs> 
<laughs> so today, I am covering Zozo. Ooh. Otherwise known as the Ouija board demon, the gesture, Zaza, Oz, Mama, Abacus, Zoso, the demon, Pazuzu, the Enfield poltergeist. If that last name sounds familiar, it was a case covered by Ed and Lorraine mm-hmm. and the basis of Conjuring 2. So if you oh. want to go back and listen to our episode 74 about Ed and Lorraine, might be a good time. Yeah. But yes. So I did a quick search and I didn't see where they called out that the hauntings and possessions in this case was specifically Zozo, but uh, it was a previous owner who died in the home and never left. And they really hit on that in the movie. Hmm. Um, so, listeners, if you have any information on the Zozo's relation to the Enfield Poltergeist, or maybe you want me to cover that topic, let me know. You can email SinisterSunrisePodcast at gmail.com. Uh, now, back to our regular scheduled programming, the Ouija board demon. <laughs> in count- <laughs> I'm so sorry. Can you tell I was, like, real excited when I was writing this? <laughs> okay. Uh... Some encounters per gods slash and demons dot fandom dot com. 1951, Roland Doe. He was possessed by the demon and AKA the story behind the book, The Exorcist. Mm-hmm. I know I've mentioned him in a past episode. Uh, 1972, Doris Blither used a Ouija board and found herself haunted by a dark entity which sought her family harm. Again, quote from that site. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1977, The Enfield Poltergeist. And in two, uh, 2012, in Tombstone, Nevada, hmm. um, soldiers had used a board, and after not closing it properly, they had all gotten in a car to go somewhere. And uh, while they were driving, one said to have suddenly become possessed and almost killed everyone in the car. Wow. Whoa. By causing a car crash. Sorry if that wasn't clear. Um... Another, <laughs> why are you laughing? Nothing. I was thinking about the Family Guy episode where Peter farts in the car and he makes Megan sit in it. And I was like, that'd be a terrible way to die. Never mind. He said die in the car. And I was like, there is one other way. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yep. Crop, t- crop dusting ghosts again? You. <laughs> <laughs> this seems too convenient. <laughs> okay. Another place he has made himself known is in the home of Darren Evans. His experiences led to an episode of Drumroll. Ghost Adventures. (laughs) Bustle.com has Evans saying, quote, interactions with the demons start out unconcerning, but eventually become more and more malevolent. He notes his experience as starting with, quote, lights flickering, sounds in the night, and progressed to moving objects, and then escalated to scratches on the skin in a brush with death when his daughter claimed to see the spirit in the tub with her before she uh, went temporarily blind and limp. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, As I read on, it seems that Evans believes he was the first and only experience with this particular demon, Um, but he started a blog and many people have come forward with their experiences predating his. Um, and again, I think I maybe mention it if I don't. Nope, just kidding. I just saw it in my notes. <clears throat> it's fine. 
Um, if you think you are ever in contact with him, here are some personality traits on fandom.com of his, sorry, personality traits of his. He mimics the voices of who the living is trying to connect with. So you may be like trying to speak with your mom and you will hear her voice, but JK, it's a devil demon. Um, Praise on the person's insecurities and fears, often telling them that they're going to die. Pretends to be more than one spirit. So it mentioned that he'll say like, like mediums especially, he like tries to trick them. They'll be like, well, how many spirits are in the room? And he'll be like, there's seven of us, but it's all him. And the other trait is a little boy that is, quote, afraid of malevolent spirits, end quote. So he's like, help me. Yeah. So he loves to lie and confuse people. Uh, The devil is claimed to be the father of Zozo um, and is a powerful devil. And he's a powerful devil in hell. And he is under Satan and Lucifer. So mm. all familiar names that I think most people are familiar with. He's okay up there yet. I feel like he's like the least known. Hmm. That's um, the most dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. If you haven't checked out the episode of Ghost Adventures, uh, I have. Uh, and I, it may be dramatized a little bit. Um, but for me, overall, is a great episode. And it being a great episode is all I'll advocate for possibilities, uh, but I will end with a quote from Bustle.com. Quote, Remember that dragging the planchette to goodbye will end your session if it becomes too spooky, but if you're anxiously turning on lights and looking over your shoulder, you can avoid this demonic entity entirely by avoiding the ve- by avoiding the Ouija board, and it's apparently his only vessel into the living realm. Oh, interesting. So I, I chose not to dive into grosser things that I saw and like more dark. I wanted to keep it surface. Also, he doesn't deserve a lot of attention. So got you some facts yeah. that I read. And obviously I'll have my side. But, but my source is that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to say his name anymore. Thank you. You're not welcome here. Bye. Bye. See you later. (laughs) Okay. Um, Well, I'm going to really just pump up the jams. (laughs) Pump it up. Pump pump it up. We're talking about, it's not pumped at all. We're talking about postpartum today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Mine is going to be pretty high level as well because it plays into Aaron's story and look of life. It does. Mine is the doozy. (gasps) Just, yeah. (laughs) That means I may have some commentary because my blood is boiling. Yes, bring the commentary. (laughs) Aaron made the mistake of bringing it up at a barbecue we were all at. And we had to be maybe the weirdest people to sit around for a good 15 to 20 minutes. (laughs) Like, but listen. So, all right. We'll get there. And you're welcome. You're all going to hear it. Yeah. Okay. So the three main categories of postpartum are um, postpartum blues, also known as baby blues, depression, and psychosis. So this should come as a surprise to no one, but childbirth is um, a huge deal. A woman's entire being changes her body. She has to carry another thing inside of her. Who have it push against her organs. Her hips have to move so it can come out. She starts producing milk and just 
whole list of other things I couldn't have thought of, but the internet could. So I'm going to do this. <laughs> oh, God. oh, God. Foot swelling to the point that some women have to get shoes two to three sizes bigger during this time. Bruh. And again, this is just bodily changes. I'm not even into your hormones yet. I'm just trying to lay the foundation of a lot is going on. Your girl can be in men's shoes if that happens to me. <laughs> Someone I used to work with um, for like the last three months of pregnancy, she wore men's uh, like Nike slides to work. Wow. Yeah, my company was like, whatever you got to do, man. You're, mm-hmm. you're making a life in there. So Growing organs and shit. Yeah, I'm growing nails right now. <laughs> um, your skin tone can change because hormone levels affect melatonin or melanin cells, excuse me. That means oh. your skin pigmentation is up for grabs. So women, they report more pronounced freckles and their areola color changes. Like, can you imagine looking down one day and like, where are my perfect nipples? Where are <laughs> I thought even I was going to be tanner. Oh, no. I think it's like any, like discoloration you have may be more pronounced. Pronounced. Okay. Cool. My, fuck, my freckles are going to be black. <laughs> uh, bloody noses and bloody gums are very apparent. Ah. Oh. Yeah, because your circulatory system has to step it up to accommodate for another life in your body. Um, So you're making more blood to circulate, and that means bloody noses and bloody gums. Be very gentle when you floss. Mm. Sweaty. You're going to be a lot. You're going to sweat more. Um, Again, thank you. Increased blood, blood flow for making metabolism run like crazy, which leads to more sweating and just what mom wants. Yeah. Um. Also, stuffy nose, snoring, and hair changes. Damn. <laughs> yeah. So you get my point. Yeah. Um, literally, your body is saying, like, new phone, who dis? Like, <laughs> who dis, girl? Oh, we changed everything in here. <laughs> um, so it makes sense that following birth, many women have complications with their hormones and body trying to go back to the way it was. Mm-hmm. Because thankfully, pregnancy doesn't make these changes for good. But it's almost not, thankfully, because now you have to, like, all right, hit undo on all these things. Yeah. Right, so you've been dealing with that for yeah. at least nine-ish yes. months. So it's like, oh my God. Hello, I just got used to my used to my size 13 feet. Yeah, I'm snap back. Shrink like, right back. <laughs> but can I still wear the men's shoes? <laughs> Where's my slippers? Yes. No, I'm laughing, but that sounds like a lot of work. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, mom. Again, laughing because we're uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> um, the postpartum period is the first six weeks after giving birth to a child. Oh, good. So, like, the majority of most people's maternity leaves. Nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this, sorry, did I say that? <laughs> we are Americans. <laughs> so, luckily, my company does offer a very long maternity leave. Nice. Yes. I work in the HR department. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, that was not my notes. Can you tell? I'm, like, blushing now. Okay. So that may seem like a short amount of time, but again, think of everything that just happened to your body. Mm-hmm. It is a miracle, but still a lot of changes. And you're not getting a break to like take care of yourself because you just had a baby. Like you got to feed it, do all the stuff. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start with postpartum blues. And that seems to be like the best of the worst. Mm-hmm. Got it. Like I said, it's also called baby blues. And I really hate that it sounds so cutesy because it's still not cutesy yeah. at all. <laughs> it's very, very common. Um, symptoms are mood swings. You feel sad, anxious, overwhelmed, crying spells. Did I say crying cells or crying spells? No, spells. you okay. said spells. <laughs> so sorry. My cells are sweating and they just cry. <laughs> oh my God. Sarah. Huh. <laughs> 
crying spells, <laughs> decreased appetite, difficulty sleeping. And so those like your main symptoms. And again, that is the best of the worst. So that all sounds like a terrible thing to go through whilst taking care say, of a human. The baby's there now. <laughs> so you're never sleeping. And then when you get mm-hmm. a chance to sleep, your body's like, mm, let's not. Yeah. Let's not and say we did. Yeah. Like now that we have a friend who has a kid. Good yeah. for you, Morgan. I don't yeah. know how you did it. That's a lot of work. Yeah. Different Morgan. He, yes, different Morgan. Surprise. But yeah. No. <laughs> well, she even was saying, like, you get used to it. And I'm like, do you want to get used to that, though? <laughs> Ooh. Mm. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yes. I just pictured a zombie. I'm like, Mur. like a zombie mom. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was like, oh, so tired. Uh, yeah. I would. Ugh. I'm already using eye creams and I don't have a child. Mm-hmm. Just double that up. Yeah. Okay. So, symptoms for this one usually last about two weeks um, as long as the woman's body goes back to its normal hormones. Mm -hmm. So it is very, very, very common and is experienced by most women that give birth. So basically from the start of the symptoms for about two weeks, it's going to feel pretty bad. And then you come back up. Depending on how quick your hormone levels like yes, snap back into gear. Yes. Cool. So it's like random. Cool. Mm -hmm. Nice. Surprise. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so next one is postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. This one can appear anytime in the first year of a baby's life. Whoa. Yet again, surprise. (laughs) Oh, no. Um, But it's mostly, it's most commonly seen in that first two-month period. Okay. Um, When it happens, it may seem very similar to the baby blues, but it is not going to go away after a few weeks. And the symptoms are a bit more intense. Did you have a question? No, I was just thinking of Dexter. Oh. Have you guys watched Dexter? Mm-hmm. The Surprise, first episode. motherfucker. <laughs> Have you not seen that? Oh, sorry. That's the what I was thinking of. The episode was so intense. And I was like, mm. the, it looks a little green. That's not my thing. It is a little bit. I enjoyed it. The ending left a lot to be desired. But apparently it's coming back. I have no idea. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. I heard so. Spooder really liked to watch it too. But yeah, he misses it. Yeah. Spooder never told me. You guys are just <laughs> lying to me. Whoa, whoa. Why would we lie for Spooter? We would never. Spooter can come to your house and watch Dexter. That's a far-ass fucking walk for him. I think he can handle it. He, he had made it a all home. the way here. He had a home. We should have taken him when he had the chance. <laughs> no, I also sprayed for spiders. So I'm Happy Independence Day, Spooter. <laughs> Let's take down your home. What day did you spray him? I haven't sprayed it all yet. No, oh, with the water. Um. Oh, it was like early last week. Literally like Tuesday or Wednesday. Oh my god! Us, you want? We yeah, you were literally it. talking about posting, and I was like, "I'll just let you're it." You're like literally killing them while they're while you're like, "Yeah, go ahead and post pics of it." Yeah, I think it was like the day after, and I was like, "You can." All right, have your moment. Oh all my right. god, I feel like I'm just finding out Santa's not real all over. Is it again. weird? I'm actually like cheering up. <laughs> we need a moment. Oh fuck! And we're back. <laughs> okay, so the symptoms are a little more intense. Okay. Starting with chronic feelings of worthlessness, profound feelings of failing as a mother, yeah. loss of interest in activities that are usually enjoyable, intense, emphasis on intense, feelings of despair that interfere with daily responsibilities and self care. Mm-hmm. And they even made a little IE, and it was IE like showering, putting on lotion. Like anything that would make you feel like, oh, nah, throw it out the window. Oh, no. Mm. Panic and anxiety attacks. Thoughts of harming yourself or the baby. Withdrawing from partner, from, sorry, your partner or other close relationships. Mm-hmm. And then because of this, 
it might lead to difficulties bonding with your child. So just another added symptom that just sucks. Yeah. As if being a woman wasn't hard enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So it's it's pretty serious. Oh my god. I'm glad you're laughing about Spooter because this is not mm-hmm. funny. Um, okay. It's important to note that the postpartum blues, as in the best of the worst, will subside within those couple weeks without medicine. Uh-huh. Postpartum depression will not. Mm-hmm. So if you think this pertains to you, please seek medical attention. A doctor is likely to prescribe um, this person antidepressants to be taken for a period of time. Not forever, just a while. Okay. Without it, there may be some long-term negative effects on you and your child. So, Eek. all right. Are we ready to... The worst of the worst? <laughs> yeah. No, I thought you were done. <laughs> no. Okay. Cool. Postpartum psychosis. So it is very rare, thankfully. It occurs in one in 1,000 births. Um, but the severity is why it is so important. It is much more severe than the other two. Symptoms show up in the first few days after giving birth, oh. which makes for a very jarring experience. Um, because the first symptoms most people experience are um, severe and shocking mood swings that are very, very similar of bipolar or manic depression. Hmm. So, Yes. Um, and they can have all the symptoms of postpartum blues and postpartum depression and more. Oh my God. Yes. There is initial restlessness, irritability, or insomnia, which are accompanied by the mood shifts. Hallucinations. Swag. Nice. Mm -hmm. Most of these involve violence to their children or themselves. A high amount of confusion or disorientation, which yet again, can you just imagine... Mm-mm. Coming home, like, first couple of nights with baby, and then you're like, where am I? Like, I can't. No. It's like my nightmare. No. Um, or actual attempts at self-harm or to harm their child. And keep in mind, normally that is because of, like, hallucinations or something. It's not. You I, said it's one in one million? One in one thousand. That's still. Yeah. What? Like, it's rare, I but that's million. still. Rare, but not that rare. One hundred thousand? Just one singular thousand. One <laughs> K? We're looking at three zeros. Mm. Yeah. Fuck. Dang. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, <clears throat> it does seem like we'll see in Aaron's case, once this kind of starts though, you are likely to have it continue happening. So even if it is one in 1,000, that could be one mother gave birth to like two more kids after that. Oh, oh, oh. So oh, that oh. counts into the entire thousand. I would hope so. Yeah, that's what I would think. That's how I took it. Maybe if you're listening and you know different, let us know. (laughs) That makes sense to me. When I was reading, I was like, okay, that that makes sense. That evens it out a little more. You don't all have to like walk around on eggshells. Not too Mm -hmm. late. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so that in itself is a lot, but it's also like such a departure from that person's previous functioning personality. Mm -hmm. So they will now have paranoia, feelings of grandeur, Like, remember Jim Jones' mom saying, he will be the greatest person, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. That is feelings of grandeur. It can be either about yourself as a parent or about the child. Okay. Um, If a mother already has schizoaffective disorders or manic depression, their risk for postpartum psychosis is unfortunately higher. Um, In the case that Aaron is going to give you, it makes it super apparent why it is important to ask for treatment immediately 
Um, and I do just want to say there is medicines for these. There's doctors for these. So please trust your doctors and go find them. They will make you so much better. Yeah. <laughs> Not me. I have an undergrad in psychology. I can do nothing. Um, I We're can just tell. here for the facts. Yeah. Facts and jokes. Jokes yeah. and facts. Which one is which? I hope you know. <laughs> anyway. Hopefully. hopefully. Yeah. So, uh, Aaron. Oh, my God. Yeah. Do you want to tell us about a really happy time in your life? Listen, I actually yeah. asked for this case, so I really can't say anything. I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> Whatever. Do you know what I'm talking about today? Listen, I think I might, but regardless, all I know is that it's about a baby, and I'm pissed. <laughs> Multiple. <laughs> yeah. So, today, I will be covering the story of Andrea Yates. Let's freaking go. Yes. This is a doozy. It's a long one. Get I got ready. I'm not looking so at it's going to be longer. Mm -hmm. I'm super sorry. No, you're okay. There's a lot going on. There's a lot happening. I think I touched on as much as I could, but it was getting to like almost six pages and I said I can't anymore. So I'm not looking Here at we you go. the whole time. I'm mad. I'm glad mine was short. <laughs> it all works out. See, even like the order too. It I was all like, triangles back. back. There we go. <laughs> Unofficial slogan of Sinister Sunrise Podcast. I think Amelia's got our back. I'm just saying. I'm sorry, I'm looking out the window. Oh. Amelia Earhart. Gotcha. <laughs> you were like, like, it was Amelia. I was, like, I was zoning out the window a little bit, but I was like, I think she's like our guardian angel. Oh no, I was like, did she name the other spider? <laughs> yeah. And then she called Amelia. No, I don't. I thought, I liked Sally. No one else hit us up with another name. <clears throat> Actually, a lot of people put, just put in Spooter. Yeah, again. like Spooter, Spooter, Spooter. <laughs> I was like, all right. I mean. So we're going to have Spoots and Spooter, I guess. Spooter squared. Well, Spooter. I guess it's not an issue anymore. So. <laughs> yeah. Spooter squared is an issue anymore. <laughs> I'm sure so, another one will pop up at some point. Uh, like I said, I still got spray. So. Okay, we're going to say her name again. Yes. What's her name again? Andrea Yates. Yates. Oh. Mm-hmm. On June 20th, 2001, a little before 10 a.m., Houston police responded to a call from a Clear Lake, Texas home. The caller, Andrea Yates, didn't sound hurt or distressed. Initially, when asked what the problem was, Andrea responded, quote, um, I just need him to come, end quote. You can find the 911 call on YouTube or on the documentaries I watched that I will list um, out in the show notes, but I will go ahead and briefly describe how the rest of the call I heard went. The operator asked again what was wrong, and Andrea basically gave the same response. There wasn't any urgency or panic in her voice, and the 911 operator seemed to get maybe just like a little bit irritated. She was just like, I need to know why you're calling and why you want officers dispatched. She also asked Andrea if her husband was next to her, and Andrea said no. So the operator was like, she? And Andrea was like thrown off and said, pardon me? <laughs> The call wasn't really going anywhere, so the operator finally asked, are you having a disturbance? Are you ill or what? She also asked if the ambulance was needed. Andrew replied, um, yes, I'm ill. She told the operator she just needed a police officer, but then stated, yeah, send an ambulance. Once she got off of the phone with the 911 operator, Andrea called her husband, Rusty, who was working at NASA that morning. She... That's a big get. NASA. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Except literally every single documentary and article gave him like a different job title. So all I know is he works at NASA. Somewhere. What he does somewhere doing something, he works at NASA. Top secret. Yes. Okay, I <laughs> Maybe. already have like lots of chilies about this. Mm -hmm. So cool. Yeah, the 911 call alone will definitely give you goosebumps. You, if you want to really creep yourself out, get a glass of wine. Yeah. Listen to that call. 
Mm-hmm. How long is it? Did you say? It's like less than a minute. But it feels from, like a long time. It feels like a very long time. It's yeah. It's so awkward. It's, yes. It's all like creepy pasta because it's so calm. Whoa. Yeah. Shit. So I can see why the 911 operator was like, okay, like, wait, yeah. wait, like, what's happening? Who do I need to send? What's going on? That's why I so. always give mad, mad props for the operators that are like sneaky about it. They're like, are you hurt? Yes or no? Like, in their order, like the ones where like, it's like the girl like ordering pizza. Mm-hmm. and like gets like giving them the address and she's like no i don't need any cheese yes i would like that like still like answering their questions yeah. like oh, I love that's them. smart mm-hmm. so andrea calls rusty her husband she tells him that he needs to come home right away rusty could tell that something is wrong and he asked if it had anything to do with their five children oh my God. andrea told him it did and when he asked if any of them were hurt she replied quote all of them no. end quote Two police officers arrived at the Yates home with no idea what they were walking into. According to Investigation Discovery's documentary on the case titled Andrea Yates, The Crimes That Changed Us, police had received calls in the past about a few property crimes and domestic disturbances in the middle-class suburb, but that was about it. Andrea met the officers at the door wearing clothes that were completely drenched, and before officers could ask what was going on, she confessed to murdering all five of her children. Not to make it creepier, but um, I was reading, like, her hair was also wet and kind of, like, in front of her face. So, mm-hmm. just, the call is spooky. You see her, it's jarring. Like, something is off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. Like, immediately, something's so, off. So, like, yeah. one, the call was creepy. Two, the police see Samara just standing there on the front mm-hmm. porch. So, yes. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, and she's not doing it to be creepy like something is going on yeah yeah i need need sleep okay i'm while other officers were called to assist the others headed inside the home to assess the situation one officer spotted one child's head peeking out of a sheet in the master bedroom when he got closer to the body he noticed that the boy was not moving and his skin was wet and cold to the touch The officer then took in the three other kids' lifeless bodies that had been placed in a line on the bed, also with a sheet covering them. The oldest Yates child, Noah, was found floating face down in the bathtub. While the officers were examining the scene, Andrea was sitting on the couch, mute and seemingly detached regarding the circumstances. She didn't respond when Rusty arrived either. When he heard what had happened to his children, he broke down on the grass and then ran from window to window, door to door, searching for Andrea, yelling, how could you do this? Because they would not let him in the house. Probably a smart idea. It's a crime scene now. So they mm-hmm. purposely were like, we can't let you in the house. You're like, what did she do to my kids? What did yeah, she do to my and, kids? And like, they don't want you to see that. Yes. Oh, yeah. They did I'm sure there are many reasons. Yeah. They did. Like an officer was like, I'm so sorry, but this is what it is. Like, so, yeah. They say like, you know, like, don't go, don't go in there, man. Like, you don't want that to be your last. Oh God. Yeah. That. Mm-hmm. Except for this one, I think they were like, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing well. Okay. You can go to the moon. We... You can't come here. Yeah. We all will be doing well. Mm-hmm. Police escorted Andrea out of the back of the house and placed her into a police cruiser. She was taken to the downtown Houston police department headquarters where she was questioned in her 17-minute confession, Andrea talked about the morning's events and the murders in detail. She had woken up at 8.10 that morning to find Rusty and three of her children, Mary, Luke, and Paul, already awake. After Rusty left for work, she made breakfast and then went to the bathroom and filled the bathtub up with water. Once it was full, she proceeded to drown her children one after the other. Three-and-a-half-year-old Paul was the first victim. 
Next, she drowned two-year-old Luke and then five-and-a-half-year-old John. She placed them in her bed before grabbing six-month-old Mary and drowning her in the tub. According to Wikipedia, Noah walked into the bathroom around that time and saw Mary's body floating in the tub. He asked Andrea what was wrong, but instead of waiting for his mom to answer, he sprinted out of the room. Andrea chased him down, dragged him to the bathroom, and held his head under the water until his body went limp. She left Noah floating face down in the tub while she moved Mary to the bed before making the 911 call. And this is everything she is telling the police. Yeah. Right after she does it. So, yes, it is insane and it is probably pretty graphic. I'm sorry, Wes, I might want to put something in. But, like, mm -hmm. this is, yet again, you can tell something is off because there is no attempt to hide any of it, to make it sound any better. It is like, this is what I did. Mm -hmm. Here's exactly how I did it. Mm -hmm. Something is wrong. Yeah. I'm not saying any of it's okay. It's the fact that he tried. He tried to survive. That's what's. Oh. No, it's all, it's all terrible. It's all bad. Mm -hmm. To me, like, it's like another like huge flag that she's like, okay. And then next, and then next, like, and it wasn't just like, she had the wherewithal to like, not stop herself one after any of the children or stop the thoughts, but two then to like chase after him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, it's, it's pretty rough. Mm -hmm. the next day rusty went on the news to talk about his children's murders on air he wondered if there was anything he could have done that could have changed the previous morning's outcome he also gave some support and sympathy to his wife stating quote it's hard like i said because i'm torn one side of me you know blames her because she did it you know but the other side of me says well she didn't because that wasn't her she wasn't in her right frame of mind and i guess her She had psychotic, you know, side effects with her depression that led her to do this, end quote. Family and friends were also shocked when they heard the news. None of them had a hunch that Andrea was capable of killing her children, and it never crossed their minds that she would ever want to or was capable of hurting her kids. Investigators began to dig into Andrea's past to uncover what could have possibly led up to this tragedy. She was born and raised in Houston with her parents, Andrew and Karen Kennedy, and her four older siblings. According to Marlene Wark, Andrea's friend since high school, she wasn't part of the popular crowd. Andrea was studious and valued excellence, which was something her parents seemed to push on not only her, but all of her siblings. She didn't have a bad relationship with her parents or family by any means, though. She was described as being devoted to her family and strived to help others. She primarily kept to herself. If something was wrong or she was going through tough times, she wouldn't tell anyone about it. She was the captain of her high school swim team, a National Honor Society historian, and the valedictorian of her senior class. Andrea graduated from the University of Texas School of Nursing and started working at a nearby hospital. At that point, she hadn't dated anyone until she met Rusty, who lived in the same apartment complex she had moved into. The couple dated for three years, moved in together, and then got married. According to author Susie Spencer, who interviewed Rusty and others for her true crime novel, Breaking Point, Andrea didn't enjoy having sex and wasn't even a fan of getting dressed in front of him, choosing instead to get dressed in the closet. So, yeah, she's kind of a shy, bashful person, especially in like, romance. Yeah. Yes. Which, understandable if that's her first, like, boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When their firstborn, Noah, arrived a little less than a year after their marriage, Andrea quit her job and became a stay-at-home mom. This seemed to be when things started to take a turn. Andrea was introduced to Michael Warnecki, a street preacher that Rusty had met in his college days. 
Michael's wife, Rachel, was also involved in his teachings and wrote letters and filmed videos and audio tapes for his followers. Not good. The couple preached what was described as their own version of Christianity. They, along with their six children, traveled across the United States and apparently 23 other countries where they took their harsh and strict sermons to streets and college campuses. Per Michael's teachings, only a few people truly make it to heaven. Women and children especially had it rough. Michael preached that all women inherited evil from Eve and they had the spirit of Jezebel inside of them. So really quick, do you know why they were all jazzed about this Michael Wernicke? No. He was like a college why? football star or something at, oh, their, at their college. <laughs> oh, so he's got it figured out. Obviously. Yeah, you know, making your own branch of Christianity and all that stuff. It's great. Good for him. We actually tossed around that idea, but then we, we landed on podcasts. Mm-hmm. So sorry, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I had the half a Bible written. It's fine. I know. I know. I, <laughs> I dropped the ball. <laughs> sorry, guys. <laughs> Women had to be subordinate to men and were criticized for child rearing. I'm so angry. Yes. What a great society to be in. <laughs> Michael believed that mothers had become too lenient, which was laid out in an interesting poem issued in one of their newsletters. And I have the poem and it reads, modern mother worldly was very, very lazy. All her children drove her crazy. The Bible told her to spank and train them, but society said she must never constrain them. The fruit of rebellion she did now see on the day of judgment, she will have no plea. Modern mother worldly cast in hell. Now what becomes of the children of such a Jezebel? Oh my god! Yeah, mm-hmm. great people at a dinner party. Mm-hmm. They're getting kicked off of college campuses for being too like intense with their weird preachings. That's disgusting. Yeah, a little different. A little different. Definitely. One year later, Andrea gave birth to their second son, John, and the family of four moved out of their home into an RV park because, according to Michael, having a job and owning a home is actually going against God. But where did they buy the RV? (laughs) From Michael Wernicke. Okay, I wasn't sure about that one. I know the other one that comes up. Oh, sorry. Please hold. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So this is an RV park. I don't know if they all live close to each other, but anyways, okay. they were into the teachings. Andrea, Both of them? yes, but okay. actually that's into my, gets into my next thing because okay. Andrea appeared to be more like involved in Michael's teachings than okay. Rusty. Okay. She would listen to audio tapes with the, uh, that then Warnecke sent to her on repeat. She would write and send letters to, um, the Warneckes and Rachel would respond back in the letters Andrea was described as evil, weak, a sinner, and a terrible mother. In one letter, Rachel wrote, quote, you are a daughter of Eve who is a wicked witch, end quote. And another letter read, quote, the window of opportunity for us to minister to you is closing. You have to repent now, end quote. This is where your little thing comes in. So after receiving a newsletter, Andrea and Rusty decided to buy the Warnecke's 350 square foot converted Greyhound bus that they had put up for sale. Mm-hmm. So they left their... that's not against anything. Yeah. They left their RV and Ooh. moved into the cramped bus with their two children. Which, yet again, if you're falling on hard times, things happen, you have to downgrade, go for it. But they but... had to do none of this. Mm-hmm. There was no reason to. No. At all. 
And yet again, if you want to, cool. But this is, uh, it's being led by someone who is not living in that van. Yeah. And that's where my big issue comes in. <clears throat> yeah. Do as I say, not as I do. Kind mm-hmm. of. Especially when you're selling this to them. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. You know, I'm, I don't need this Greyhound bus anymore. I'm low on cash. I'm going to teach you and you should just buy it. Okay, yes. sure. No. No, no, no. Yeah. No, it's pretty terrible. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So they move into this Greyhound bus. Since there was little space, the children had to sleep in the luggage compartment. Oh my god. Yeah, and does he already work for NASA at this point? I can't remember. I'm not sure when he started working there. Regardless, he's a decent job. Yeah, like he has the money. It's literally, it's not 2008 when like we all had degrees and the world sucked. It's, what is it, 19 something? Yeah, it's getting to be like 1997. So to have a degree, life is right there for you. Mm -hmm. In 1997, Andrea gave birth to their third son, Paul. Besides homeschooling her two children and caring for her newborn son, she was also taking care of her father, who was suffering from Alzheimer's. In February 1999, a little before her 35th birthday, their fourth son, Luke, was born. Andrea's mental health and the likely stress of living in a cramped space with four little humans to feed and uh, look after started to take its toll. Uh-huh, all day, every day. Yeah. Yeah, because they also weren't buying diapers. They're using the cloth diapers. So she is constantly living in this world of cramped, stinky, crying things. Yeah. Sorry. She survived longer than I would have. So (laughs) I feel like I might break down. Yeah. I'm in the van. Yeah. I'm I'm not doing well right now. And I I have no affiliation with their location. Yep. (sighs) Andrea began to have these intense thoughts and frightening visions of hurting her children. According to court documents, Andrea told Rusty she was overwhelmed and feeling depressed, but he just told her to talk to her mother or a friend about it. Do whatever girls do in chat. Yeah. We love toxic masculinity. <laughs> no, we don't. Stop. <laughs> Again, if you could see the dance that went along with that. Yeah. The clapping was me. <laughs> <laughs> Wes didn't dub that in. <laughs> Throw a line in, Wes. Mm-hmm. Just like home along. <laughs> yes. Four months later, on June 17th, 1999, Andrea called Rusty while he was at work and told him that she needed help and that he needed to come home. When Rusty found Andrea, she was inside the bus, chewing her fingers and shaking all over. Not sure what to do, Rusty took Andrea and their children out to the beach in Galveston to go for a walk. Yeah. Which, yeah. <laughs> I kind of get where he's coming from because... In later interviews, I think he was saying something like, I didn't know what to do. I was like, let's yeah. just get some air. I can understand again. that. That's a cramped RV you're all living, or cramped bus, excuse me. Yeah. With kids that are not happy. I I kind of get where he's like, let's just take yeah, a breath. Yeah, take a breath, yeah. Walk. He's like, I didn't know what to do. Like, I had mm-hmm. no idea, which I'll give you that at this moment in time, sir. Yes. The following day, he drove the family to Andrea's mother's house while, I guess, you know, he and the family tried to figure out what they needed to do to help her. Rusty clearly didn't know how bad the situation was, though, and later that night, Andrea overdosed on her father's antidepressant medication. She was hospitalized and admitted into the psychiatric unit, where she was diagnosed with postpartum depression and postpartum psychosis. Andrea was prescribed Zoloft during her stay, but after a week, her insurance ran out and she was released. Oh. My. If you're not from the United States, health insurance is a really big deal expensive and 
Little yeah. flawed. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. Andrea was referred to psychologist Dr. Eileen Starbranch, who later said that Andrea Andrea was one of the sickest patients she had ever treated. Oh, fuck. Mm -hmm. She said out of, like, her top five worst ones. Oh, my God. She suggested that instead of taking an antidepressant, Andrea should be taking an antipsychotic drug, such as Zyprexa, which is used for treating, like, disorders, Mm -hmm. such as bipolar mania and schizophrenia. Andrea, however had some other plans. So instead of taking her meds, she flushed pills down the toilet or would shake the pills, pretending to swallow them and disposing of them later. And she kind of learned this because of the Waranekis, since they said that medicine and doctors were evil. So she really tried to do anything she could to not take her prescriptions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Isn't that just great? I feel like it is. in all mm-hmm. this, they need to be not. held accountable for something, but whatever. Okay, you wait a minute. Sorry, this just hit me. She is faking taking her medicine in the, in the, in therapy? In the hospital, I believe, is what she was. It kind of goes like, fuck, shoot. Yeah. At this moment in time. I mean, At she this is moment still time. pretty delusional. She's been latching on to these people that are giving yes. her terrible advice. Yes. So There's a lot going on right now. Yes. A lot of pressures. It is a teapot. Mm-hmm. Since at this time... Um, she wasn't staying in the hospital, though. She was living at her parents, where her health continued to decline. She was losing her hair. She had sores all over her body. Oh. And she began to experience hallucinations again. One in particular occurred about two weeks after she had been released from the hospital. This hallucination ordered Andrea to get a knife. So she ran to the kitchen, grabbed a steak knife, went to the bathroom, and watched her reflection as she lifted the knife up to her neck. Before she could cut her throat, Rusty saw Andrea in the bathroom and was able to get the knife out of her grasp while she shouted, no, no, let me do it. Let me do it. Like, remember when she said she was chewing her fingers? She like was her, chewing her fingers, not her, not nails, her nails. Her fingers. So again, something is very, yeah. very wrong. Mm-hmm. Once Andrea was calm, he admitted her to a private center where she did receive psychiatric treatment. When she was back on medication and lucid, she revealed to doctors that she had been having the knife vision at least 10 times a day for the past several days. She fought off the urge to grab a knife by like clawing and holding onto her legs. But that particular day, she wasn't able to withstand the vision. Probably because her legs are all scratched up and it really hurts. Like she Uh, is still a person. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? For three weeks, she stayed at the treatment center until she was discharged and sent home with a slew of prescription medication, including antidepressants Effixer and Welbutrin and the antipsychotic Haldol, and was scheduled for monthly visits with Dr. Starbranch. Andrea's mother, at this point, had had enough and confronted Rusty about her daughter's and grandchildren's living situation. They are still living in the bus. Mm -hmm. And basically, she told him he needed to get them out of that bus and into a house. (laughs) can we just get a round of applause for karen (laughs) Uh Mm uh-huh i'm 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 not processing but i'm attempting to there is a lot so i do not blame you rusty completely forgot about the bus yes no you would like to wouldn't you Mm -hmm. thank (laughs) you thankfully though rusty listened and bought a three-bedroom two-bathroom home in clear lake and when andrea was discharged in september she moved into their new home but the bus was still on the property. Good. <laughs> he poured concrete. He had to pay someone to come pour concrete so this bus could sit next to their house. 
Thanks, just in man. case they decide to go back. <laughs> just in case things, fl- I don't know. You know, you never know what'll happen. Pay for it. Anyway. I mean, you could sell it and that'd be a good chunk of the mortgage payment. But, yeah. You know, it's fine. But also the fact that he could just go buy a house should show you that was never the issue. Yeah. Like, they can. <laughs> that wasn't like, necessary. Not only one is it not an issue to, like, buy a home, but it shouldn't be an issue to, like, have a somebody watch your kids while you ensure your wife goes to the hospital and mm-hmm. things like that. You silly woman. Yeah. yeah. What, what, what are you I thinking? Know? Oh my God. <laughs> We're just descendants of Eve. Ugh. That's all I am. Spouting poison to the That's world. All I am. Wait, what's Jezebel? Mm-hmm. Yes. Jezebel. <laughs> I just like listened to that Bible story. I feel like she got a bad rap. I don't anyway. know it very well. Uh, yeah. It's not a biblical. Is podcast. it a demon? No. Oh. I was about to be like, next topic done. <laughs> no, it's just supposed to mean like a, a shameless woman. She was bathing. Someone saw her oh, bathing. Oh, yeah, you're right. And then was like, I gotta have her. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be nice to be that desirable? <laughs> That's the takeaway. That's the takeaway. <laughs> God. I mean, when she got it, she got it. <laughs> Someone in. Sorry, I'm a little thick. <laughs> Someone in Bible school had to have said that. Like, we're oh really them. <laughs> Damn. Hey, get a shot, hey. No. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Aaron, continue. <laughs> oh, gosh. Andrea's health appeared to improve after the move. She was affectionate and cared for her children with no further episodes. Hmm. When a few months went by and things were still looking good, Andrea and Rusty decided to try for another baby. Oh, my God. Yeah. And the doctors would have most certainly said, please do not have more children because this will happen. Or like, and they did. hey, if you're going to do this, let's make a game plan. Yes. Literally A or B, but you got to pick one. They chose Z. Mm-hmm. This is where I start flipping tables. I was yes. about to say. Yes. Okay. Andrea stopped taking birth control, quit her prescriptions, and discontinued her appointments with her doctor. That's the one that really can I also me for point out that that alone can make you very emotionally charged in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Aka men, if you didn't know that, women, if you also didn't know that, that can affect you a lot. You're supposed to talk to your doctor before you stop taking any daily medication, because they can help you taper off so that you don't have a adverse ref- effect mm-hmm. thank you that's my ted talk taper is a key word yeah you don't nothing is cold turkey nothing Mm-mm. unless it's a cold cut from subway actually i'm a jimmy john's gal i'm a both really i'm a yeah. both too i've had a lot of had subway to be fair i just i like cold sandwiches so i do like a good cold sandwich so Ooh, I, I like, like quiz yeah quiznos is not really my thing but you know there used to be a huh. Never mind. Yep, back to this. <laughs> mm, we can later. have our okay. sandwich talk later. Yeah, we have not had dinner. That's I have not true. either. <laughs> this, like Sarah said, went completely against doctors' recommendations. They were worried that Andrea may have another psychotic episode if she had another child. Because remember, you're more likely to have it happen again if it already happened to you once. We just learned this 10 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll call back. Rusty told... Uh, Susie Spencer, that they knew the risks and if Andrea were to get sick again, she could just go back on her medication get and everything would be alright. Mm-hmm. For I, acting like she's just popping Tylenol yeah. for a headache. You He's, have to try so many meds for it to work and then you're just going to drop them and think you can just pick them back up. It doesn't really work like that. 
He's a weird one. Rusty had also mentioned how both he and Andrea wanted to have as many children as God would give them. So, on November 30th, 2000, Andrea gave birth to their daughter, Mary. So, yeah, she has three boys? Four boys, one girl. Mm Mm-hmm. Five total. Mm, Not that it matters, I'm just... Yes, yes. A few months later, Andrea's father passed away. Mm -hmm. According to IMDb's documentary on the case titled Mugshots, Andrea Yates, Andrea stopped drinking liquids, stopped talking, and continuously uh, scratched the bald spots in her head. I think at this point she also stopped feeding Mary, too. Realizing that Andrea's symptoms could be indicative of another episode, Rusty admitted her again, but this time to the Devereaux, Texas Treatment Network, where she began seeing psychiatrist Mohammed Saeed. Over the span of three months, Andrea was committed and released from the center twice. During the course of her treatment, she was prescribed different drugs and the doses were regularly modified. According to court documents, Dr. Saeed recommended that someone needed to watch Andrea and that she shouldn't be left alone with the kids. But this place she went, this Devereaux, mm-hmm. they actually specialized in, um, oh, like when you drink a lot of alcohol, substance abuse. Mm-hmm. So, they weren't oh, yeah. really, <laughs> um, like she only stayed there for three months because the classes or the sessions she sat in on were for were substance that abuse. And she's mm-hmm. like, what are, what am I doing here? Yeah. So it wasn't but even helping her. They accepted her insurance. And um, mm. sounds like the doctor Wild. gave her some solid ass advice. Mm. Back and forth. Well, the don't leave her. He didn't well, just bit, say, yeah. you're healed and push her out the door is what I'm sorry. I should, yeah. I should have clarified. So what I found out in this case actually is that psychiatrists don't actually do like talk therapy with you. Mm-hmm. Especially like those places like this. They're more so to like check your symptoms, check like your well-being, prescribe you something else if you need it. So, yes, he made a good call, but also, no, I don't think anyone was really, like, talking to it's, her to get in her head. Well, to me, it's very much like I feel like, again, I may be completely talking out of my ass, so please don't be offended by this, but I feel like with postpartum depression and things of that nature, it's almost like you kind of said it, like, you can cure it, it just takes medicine and it takes time. Mm-hmm. With substance abuse, many times there is trauma Mm-hmm. That they have to like overcome. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying birth isn't traumatic, but it's more like we can cure you faster if we just try these out, see what makes you feel better rather mm-hmm. than talking out the trauma. So, yes. So, interesting place. I also read they had a lot of um, accusations of like not malpractice, but um, hmm. like when you leave your patients for a long time and just like, eh. They'll be fine. What's like neglect? Neglect, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Neglect? Mm-hmm. That's not oh. good. American. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so it's not the best help she could be getting. Our first yes. episode after the 4th of July. God mm. bless. There's a lot of pros and cons here. This is just one yes. of the cons. Yep. Yeah. It did strike me as odd that he wouldn't go to the same place, but if they didn't take his insurance, maybe. But still, it makes no sense why. Well, and I think because of the house where he bought this house by the NASA base. Because, like, a lot Closer of NASA people lived here. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I think the other hospital is also a lot farther away because it's by where her mom lived. But can I also say, like, again, we talked about the money situation. Like, you're not struggling for money and you're going to take her to a place that doesn't specialize in what you know is wrong. Yeah. hmm That's what I... We're all in agreement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She just is a little cold. That's all. <laughs> Fixed. She's just sick again. No, <laughs> sir! Those doctors do all the same things. <gasps> <laughs> 
It's like going to a freaking podiatrist and get asking, saying, I can't see with my contacts. Like, Goodbye. It's like, whoa. <laughs> Someone out there is very confused. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> Foot doctor. Different than an eye doctor. No. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm a no doctor. So. Mm-hmm. Correct. Me too. Same. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we pod doctors. No doctors here. <laughs> and I'm out. All right. Yeah. On May 3rd, Andrea filled up a bathtub with water for seemingly no reason. When asked why she did it, she said, quote, I might need it, end quote. At the place? No, I think this was still, like, or maybe it could have been at home. Like uh-huh. I said, she's back and forth doing whatever. Okay, okay. Yeah. I do think the... I think, think this was, was at home. I think the thing she was going to was, like, during the daytime. She still slept at home, I think. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. But whether she was, like, discharged or not, that's yeah, a little I bit different. Know. Yeah, during her treatments, Dr. Saeed suggested that Andrea undergo, like, electric shock <laughs> treatments, but both Andrea and Rusty were not on board with that. It's been proven effective in depression. It's not as scary as you'd see in the movies. Yes. Interesting. Okay. Little PSI. It is not. It is. Good to know. It is a kind of a, like, sometimes a last-ditch effort, just depending on it, or it is a mm-hmm. course of treatment, and it's known to help, so... And so again, it, not nearly as scary as you're yes. thinking. And there's so no shame in needing to do it. Yep. Yes. So he's still throwing out decent ideas. Yes. They just said no. Yes. Andrea, from my understanding, I could be a bit wrong, but I believe Andrea was still taking Haldol at that point, but she started complaining about side effects from her medication. So Dr. Saeed decided to discontinue that prescription, which unfortunately was a medication that seemed to be helping her the most. Two days before the murders, Rusty took Andrea back to the treatment center for a follow-up visit because her health was not improving. He was hoping that Andrea would be prescribed Haldol again, but the psychiatrist only adjusted her antidepressants and then sent her on her way. So I don't think she's taking any antipsychotics, right? Ex- no, yeah, she was just taking antidepressants at that time. Cool. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Fun, fun, fun. We love it. The news of Andrea Yates murdering her children spread like a wildfire. It was all over the media, and it left the public very divided. There were those that absolutely despised her and believed she was evil incarnate, but there were also those who sympathized with her and thought she was truly sick. People in the community gathered for a candlelight vigil outside of the Yates' home two days after the murders, and funerals were held for the children a week later on June 27th. I'd say to be fair, she also thought she was evil incarnate. That's why she was scratching yeah. those things on her head. She thought she had a mm. devil's mark up there. Wow. Like when she got arrested, she asked them to cut her hair because she wanted to check. <gasps> Whoa. Oh, yeah. Gross. Dang. So I'm saying something is so wrong. Yeah. And you even see, I was talking to Sarah about, uh, about this over the weekend, but there's pictures of Andrea from, I mean, when she was younger versus like when she was questioned. And it's two different people almost. Like yeah. it's. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Andrea underwent psychiatric exams about three weeks after the murders to determine if she was competent to stand trial. Dr. Philip J. Resnick conducted the exams and interviewed Andrea. She revealed that she had been having thoughts of knives, blood, and stabbing people for years. After Noah was born, her firstborn, she believed she heard the devil talking to her. She kept these visions and these thoughts to herself, though, never telling Rusty or anyone else in her family what she was going through. Communication is key. Just imagine, like, her, like, baking a pie. Mom, what are you doing? Oh, nothing, nothing. Just thinking of just nothing. Yeah. Like, can you imagine just batting those away? No. Mm. No. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. 
she told Resnick that she started noticing her children behaving in ways that God wouldn't have liked. They weren't obeying hers or Rusty's rules and instead were doing quote-unquote silly stuff. They also were disrespectful to Rusty's mother and would call her names whenever she came over to visit. She believed Satan was the one behind her visions, and throughout the interviews, she repeated, uh, repeated Michael's teachings like over and over as she talked. She said... <clears throat> Yeah, no, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm heated. It's a lot. Oh, yeah. She said she had attempted suicide two times in order to save her children, but she ultimately killed them because she was a bad mother, and if she wouldn't have, they would have wound up in hell. Quote, it was the seventh deadly sin. My children weren't righteous. They stumbled because I was evil. The way I was raising them, they can never be saved. They were doomed to perish in the fires of hell. End quote. If they continue to live their life? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you still kill them. So, like, you, what you're saying is they're still bad. You killed them. But they're at an innocent age. So they would still go to heaven if they died right now. Yeah. But if she waited Because he said they longer, were... Yes, because Michael taught that, like, wasn't it after 10 years old? Then oh, they I don't weren't, know. They cut off. But... I think in one of the documentaries, 10 years old was, like, the cutoff. Like so. an age of innocence. Yes, that's... Yep. After 10, they were no longer considered Oh my god, I'm like innocent. Oh yeah. God. Like, this is being told to her. It just Over and over. Yes. That's what I'm saying. That's why I was like, my instant thought was like, and I know it's like not a necessarily good place for your mind to go, but like, if she hadn't had that teaching as a part of her life, mm-hmm. you can't think of what shoulda, coulda, woulda, but like, would it have... I mean, there's so less. Would yeah, it have made it not happen. Would it? It's just crazy to think that you. It wouldn't happen. make the psychosis not happen. It just may have made her delusion something different. Yeah. So it it sucks. I yeah. think no matter what, she's gonna be sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There were so many what ifs. Yeah. In this story, it's really sad. Overall, the jury decided that Andrea was able to stand trial, and a date Ooh. for the trial was set. It's different though, because I had to look this up. Because the defense is going for the insanity defense. Just because you're competent to stand trial doesn't mean you can't be found, uh, found insane. Or, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I literally had to look it up because I'm like, wait, how? Insanity. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Correct. So she's competent to stand. Because if not, then they wouldn't have even had a trial Correct. to begin with. On February 18th, 2002, the state of Texas versus Andrea Yates trial began. She was only tried for three of the murders, but the prosecution did this in the event that she would be found not guilty. Which yeah. I hate. I hate. Mostly because I feel so bad for Andrea, but it sucks they can do this because it gets around that double jeopardy rule. You feel so yeah. bad for Andrea? She was obviously very sick, and they're making sure she's going to prison. Oh. You're, Sorry. Well, you're giving them, like, them give it, they're giving themselves a backup exactly yes. yeah so they could convict her they later for the, the other two i feel bad for andrea i mean to be fair when when she does come to she has to deal with all of this as well yes yeah, like yes i don't know it's a very weird thing it's hard. yeah it is very hard it, i can't play i can't say how i feel about that because there are other people in other crimes that are done where i'm like hell yeah you need a fucking backup plan mm-hmm. because there's just not enough but like if they could find more they need mm-hmm. to have that in the back burner for years down the line yeah. Just also, like, just from her, like, right when she's arrested, she's like, this is what I did. To me, it's like, why do you need a backup plan? She's telling you exactly what That's, she did. That is true. That but is I'm on true. a cop, so, she's, all right. She's completely gave a statement to the truth. Yeah. Yeah. And she wanted to be found guilty, too. She was like, I did it. So. Holy shit. Yeah. It's, 
The prosecution informed the judge and jury that they would be seeking the death penalty. They agreed that Andrea was mentally ill, but they argued that she had known right from wrong and had meticulously planned the murders. She had chosen a specific time frame that she had to commit the murders without being interrupted, which was between the time Rusty had left for work and before her mother-in-law was planning on coming over. The prosecution also argued that Andrea had planned the order in which she killed her children. They believed that if she would have killed Noah, her oldest first, he would have put up the greatest fight and therefore could have possibly alerted the other children that something was wrong. According to, according to investigation discovery, wet footprints that ended like near the bathroom door were discovered. So investigators believe these were Noah's footprints who had attempted to escape before he had been killed. The medical examiner's findings were also brought up. All of the children had died from drowning, and there were clear signs and bruises suggesting that some of the children had tried to fight Andrea off. One of her sons was even found with Andrea's hair still clutched in his fist. Yeah. So yeah, it was not a, it was not a nice uh, crime. It was it's tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Not good. Thank you for saying that immediately after I said I feel bad for Andrea. Thank you. Oh. I feel bad for everyone involved in this. I yes. Guess. Probably the better way to say it. The defense decided to go for the insanity defense, even though Texas has some of the strictest requirements for someone to be considered insane. So they have to have like a clear mental illness and they have to prove that Andrea was completely unable to recognize right from wrong. That's a little challenging. Yeah, they said there's, what was it? I Very, very minimal percentage of people actually succeed at this defense. They focused on Andrea's history of mental illness and introduced clips from her questioning into evidence to argue that she was having delusions for years. In one such clip, Andrea talked about her children, stating, quote, they'd been eating some candy one morning and we had the TV on cartoons and it just flashed a scene where the comic, the cartoon characters were talking to us. They, they were saying, hey, kids, stop eating so much candy. Then the set flashed and then back to the program, end quote. So she's just talking about all this different stuff she was seeing that clearly did not actually happen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. However, there were some arguments, though, that these clips were shown from interviews that were taped weeks and months after the murders. They weren't from her first interview, and maybe you know differently, Sarah. Allegedly, the first interview hadn't been taped, according to the IMDb where documentary. She, she oh. I Well, there was a confession. I don't really know what other interviews you're talking about. I'll just add it in there. It could be wrong. Okay. They said there was something about, like, there. it's a whole 90-minute lawn thing. I don't know if you can find the whole 90-minute lawn interview, but... It was my impression that it was the immediately after, but I don't know that for a fact. So yeah. It could be. Do not know. Because she was, like, interviewed for weeks and a couple months, so... Yeah, everyone's just trying to figure out what what's going on. Yeah. yeah. The trial lasted for a total of three weeks. Andrea, by that time, had been back on medication and appeared stable. Dr. Lucky Purrier, the defense psychiatrist interviewed for the IMDb documentary, mentioned how leaving Andrea unmedicated may have worked more in her favor, which I was talking with Sarah does sound terrible not to give medication to someone who undeniably needs it. But in hindsight, maybe the jury would have been able to witness like Andrea in that state. She was in when she committed the murders, murders, and maybe they would have come to a different conclusion. Who knows? Yeah, because when she was arrested, she was apparently, like, kind of dead-eyed. The medicine she was taking was, it gives you something called, like, um, 
like mask face or something like your muscles don't quite move as much so like you're like so she's gaunt her hair is wet she's wet like she's there's not a whole lot going on like Mm -hmm. yeah her medicines were working against her and she also wasn't on the right one she needed so she Mm -hmm. looks terrible she's been pulling her hair out she's chewing her fingers so she needs the medicine but that's the person who killed her kids not this medicated person who is aware of what's going on and who's like got more weight on her looks normal it's yeah yeah tough On March 12th, 2002, after three hours and 40 minutes of deliberation, the jury found Andrea guilty of capital murder. Three days later, the jury came to a decision regarding Andrea's fate, and after 40 minutes, they decided that Andrea would serve the rest of her life in prison, so she would not be put to death. She was sent to Mountain View Unit, a state prison in Central Texas, where she would serve out her sentence in protective custody and would not be allowed any visitors. Forever? Well... I'll get to that in a second. Sorry. Whoa. No, you're okay. Yeah. Well, they were, because yeah. it was, again, I was, I can't remember which article it was in that I read, but apparently, I don't know if it's just a women's prison, but it has like, it's not a good prison. Like it has a lot of bad people in it. So they were afraid for her safety and then her psychosis too. All of it. Okay. So yeah, that's, that's at least what that article mentioned. Again, I can't remember which one, but I was like, wowza. Took them 40 minutes to decide that though. Just want to put that in. 40 minutes. Could have been hours. I don't know. So in 2004, Rusty filed for divorce and remarried two years later to wife Laura Arnold. The two went on to have a son, but they later divorced in 2015. Because Rusty sucks. (laughs) It was her that filed it too, so I wonder what happened. I need to know. (laughs) Andrea and Rusty have apparently stayed in touch though to this day, but we're going to back up a little bit because that's not the end of the story. No. During the trial, Dr. Park Dietz, a forensic psychiatrist who also consulted for Law and Order, testified that Andrea was a frequent watcher of the show. I know because I'm in her house every mm-hmm. night. Uh-uh. Yeah, so he mentions that. Um, but according to Timothy Roche's piece for Time, uh, titled Andrea Yates, more to the story, Dr. Dietz was paid. an hour to conduct between 10 to 20 hours of interviews with Andrea and then, you know, testify in court that Andrea was legally sane. He declared that Andrea clearly knew right from wrong since she didn't reveal her plan to anyone. She believed God would punish her for her crimes and she covered up her children's bodies after she drowned them out of guilt. So going back, which again, kind of makes sense, but going back to that law and order part, Um, He stated that she had watched a recent episode of Law & Order where a mother had drowned a child, alleging that the episode may have influenced her to commit the murders. Turns out, a Law & Order episode like that didn't exist. He's full of it! He's full of it! I'm gonna say I don't think that sounds right, but... You mean the Deets, Mr. Deets? Yeah. The fact that he even said it recently aired, I was like, ooh, you dug your own. I feel like you got a lot of brag. Like, I don't know if you know, but I work for Law and Order. Mm-hmm. Why would you fucking make that up? So, according I mean, it worked. Hoping nobody would fact check him. It worked. They got him the conviction that people were looking for. Yeah. Which, granted, he came back in that Time article, I'll say, he came back and said he didn't believe in what he was, like, standing up for in trial. So he didn't think she should even, because they were looking for the death penalty. So he thought that wasn't okay. He wanted her to actually go to a, like, mental institution. Like, you know what I, I mean? I would agree with. Yes. Yes. So he even later on said, like, 
I did this, but I don't necessarily agree in like the outcome of it. Okay. Yes. Okay. Is what he said. Again, okay. things are happening. You've already said a lot, Mr. Dietz. Mm-hmm. According to ID's documentary, the producer of Law & Order even reached out to Assistant District Attorney <laughs> Joe Ombi to inform him of the doctor's mistake. This obviously made a lot of people question Dr. Dietz's credibility, yeah. but he swore that it was just an, an oversight and he had gotten some of the episodes of the show confused. Also in that time episode, he did say, so at least he's kind of owning up to it. He did say he never specifically talked to Andrea about it. He had just read in a previous doctor's note that she had watched Law & Order. Which is re really crazy that he can go on the stand and say she saw this episode without actually talking to her. Check your facts, people. Check them. Mm -hmm. I don't like these sneaky-ass people. Yep. Oh, mm -mm. Nope, nope, nope. Nope. With this new information, the defense appealed Andrea's case due to his false testimony and won. Andrea's <gasps> second trial was set for June 26th. 2006, and exactly one month later, the jury came to their conclusion. This time, Andrea was found not guilty by reason of insanity. Whoa. There it is. Yes. Yes. Today, Andrea is 56 years old and is residing in Kerrville State Hospital in Texas, where she was sent after the outcome of the second trial. Michael Waranecki has consistently denied that his teachings had any influence on Andrea's actions, which Rusty has not shockingly at all agreed with and stated that they were never that close to the Warneckies anyway. George Parnum, Andrea's defense attorney, started the Yates Children Memorial Fund, whose goal is to help women by raising awareness about, about postpartum depression and improving the treatment of women in the mental health criminal justice system. And due to Andrea's case, Texas now has like bills in place for women to be given screenings for postpartum depression during their baby's well-child visits. Nice. Yeah, thanks. Good, good, good. According to abc13.com, Andrea comes up for review for release, uh, for release from the state hospital every year, but she has always turned the release down. She personally. Personally, yes, has always turned it down. She has been there for 14 years. I mean, and how can probably you ever stay feel, there? Yeah, like, safe with yourself. Well, after. I was gonna ask, like, this, because I never like. I don't know if like for insanity, does it just depend on like your crime? If they say like you are there for life, or that like, or do you always get the option for release? That's interesting. I don't know. It's just. I think it depends. I would say it depends per case. Mm -hmm. But I guess in her case, she keeps on being brought up, and she's like, no. What <laughs> a fucking opposite of what I feel like. Every other criminal in the universe wants their like my parole is up in another year. Hell yeah, we're gonna go for it. Which is why I honestly believe mm -hmm. that she was like going through some psychosis. I mean, just to know like you yeah. don't want to get out, you're punishing yourself. She's probably also even if okay, two reasons. Even like let's say she still hasn't been put on the right medication and she's still kind of just mm -hmm. not mentally healthy. Can you imagine like whether you are healthy or not, like thinking that if you are like are let out like what are you gonna do with your life everyone knows what you did like everybody has an opinion mm -hmm. that'll that thought alone would make anybody go a little psycho like mm -hmm. <sighs> deep shit man yeah it is, it is very deep it makes you think <laughs> makes you think a lot yes yeah that's the story of Andrea Yates, guys. Yay. End on a downer. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, what a fucking episode, man. Yeah. I mean, okay, it's not completely a downer. She didn't get sent to prison. She yes. did end up getting the right, in my opinion, sentence. Because she's somewhere that's actually going to be able to help her. 
Yeah. And it seems like she wants to stay there. She mm-hmm. has no qualms about getting out. So I think she's also doing that herself, atoning for well, yeah, what she did, obviously. But she's always been like super hard on herself. It seems like she's punishing yeah. herself. Yeah. Which good. I mean, what you did was really bad. Like whether yeah. it was yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. tough. That's hard. I feel like everything you say is like ends up like contradicting itself with yes. like what could have happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know a lot of, well, I know, like, Rusty. Rusty's Rusty, though. But, like, her family were also pretty happy about, you know, the second sentencing and everything. Um, We should do a bonus episode on Rusty. Rusty, Rusty. Yeah. Rusty, Rusty. Yeah. He said some not great things. He's a fool. He's weird. Yeah. This is why if you are in a partnership of any kind, support is the most important thing you can give someone. Making sure they trust you, you trust them. Mm -hmm. If you are struggling mentally, talk to someone. And not just your girlfriends if you're a girl and your guy friends if you're a guy. Talk to anyone. And that person should should listen. Yes. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if my next one will be a doozy, but sorry. Jesus, I'm trying to think of like a joke, but nothing. No. There's no joke. No, we can't end on that one. No. Well, uh, that was 75. Uh, it happened. Yeah. It was there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Guys, I think this is like one of our darkest episodes. Like, it's in general. Pretty dark. It's, it's I know for a mm-hmm. fact next week mine will be not. <laughs> it'll be It'll be lighthearted okay okay i was about to say cute <laughs> i might be oh. a little cute it might be hmm. a little cute as cute as the melon heads oh no, no no but it might it's i'm gonna stop talking i'm gonna make you <laughs> anticipation oh okay okay anyways with that this was 75. Um, like I mentioned earlier, if you have any topic ideas or suggestions for any of us three lovely ladies, please send it to SinisterSunrisePodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram, again, Sinister Sunrise Podcast. And like us, review us on um, Apple Podcasts. Please, please, please. It helps us stay relevant. Um, also follow us on Spotify or whatever platform you listen to, mm-hmm. which is also good stats for us. Um, and don't forget to use code Sinister at checkout at zerosweat.com to get 20% off your $15 purchase or more. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's it. Cool. Bye. Thanks. See ya.